You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Well, the market was focused on US CPI today, which came in a little bit hotter than expected. But I'd argue locally, certainly, that the president's announcement was far more important for the outlook for the local economy, for what it signals about the political sands that are shifting. And it would be churlish not to recognize it. Greg Cutts and Ollenburger, Senior Portfolio Manager at Sunland Private Wealth, and Rickus Reardis, Portfolio Manager at PSG Wealth, have your market view. Kick us off, Greg. What's got your attention in the market right now? Well, that certainly did get my attention, Michael. I think it's uh, it's fantastic. And as you said earlier, talking about testicular fortitude, I think that uh, it's uh, interesting. If I was the Minister of Energy tonight, uh, I'd be a, um, a little bit concerned mm. being overruled like that. So um, the hope springs eternal. For, for the country, but I don't want to be a killjoy, but it will t- still take about two years for this stuff to be rolled out, so we still face lots of blackouts in the meantime, but uh, it certainly was a game changer, and uh, it's uh, one of those things that you might look back and say, well, this, this could have been the turning point in South Africa's fortunes, hopefully. Yeah, and I mean, one, I, I couldn't agree with your sentiment more, Greg, and, and we always um, are very careful of falling into the trap of hyperbole when we talk about these things, but Rick is to bring you in here. We've been looking for signs out of the president and this administration that he was prepared to take the politically bold and tough decisions, but ultimately those decisions that the market was looking for that signaled you've got an, you've got an administration that appreciates the market Market, the market forces are at play, and it just wasn't happening until today. In, instead of going from the, the debate around 10 megawatts and, I don't know, the 10,000-odd people apparently that had uh, said we don't need to go even as high as 50, he came out and said, well, don't even need 50. We need 100 megawatts. I mean, what just happened? Well, um, it frightened me because I was first from a very long time that pragmatism triumphed over ideology. I mean, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it just shows you how bad the situation is. But nevertheless, let's, um, let's grab into what we can. Um, um, it, is, it is early days, so to speak. But yes, um, hopefully we can see more of that kind of decision going forward. And, uh, you know, Greg, to come back to you, yes, it'll take two years from the 60-day cutoff point for, for this uh, to be gazetted, but at least it provides business with some certainty and a pathway out of stage four, stage five, stage six. Who knows where we're going to go load shedding? And uh, I think the attention was certainly focused by going back into stage four this week. We've seen the energy availability factor of ESCOM declining year after year after year. And Andre de Reza in a very insightful interview with Judge Dennis Davis recently saying that there is only so much they can do with an aging coal fleet. We need to open up to independent power producers and this makes it a lot easier to do so. Looking beneath that, though, there is a big win here as well for Operation Vullandlela, Greg. It certainly is. Um, you know, to say that... Uh, that is, I'm, I'm very worried about the fact that it's all very well for the president to say this now, but he needs to get it executed, and the bureaucrats in that who will be responsible, you know, getting the whole thing gazetted and then issuing the, the licenses. You just hope that is not uh, held up 
um, mm-hmm. along the way and uh, make some mockery of this uh, this major announcement. But that Operation Bulandela, yes, it certainly is a big win and hopefully uh, we can see more of it. I was cynical when the president wrote in his letter on Monday, his Monday missive, that he's flying to the G7 Leaders Summit with a message of hope for the outlook of the South African economy and a message that South Africa and South African taxpaying citizens and all citizens, regardless of whether you pay tax or not, and generally it's the ones uh, who who are poor and fall under the tax threshold that are outsized uh, and and more adversely impacted by load shedding and and all of the attendant consequences of low economic growth but he said i'm i'm flying to the g7 with a message of hope i was very cynical until today uh, it has rekindled my hope at least but as i often say on the show it's the hope that kills you so i, I hope i'm not setting myself up for failure here let's move on rickus to some of the uh, high frequency data mining manufacturing uh, Manufacturing in the doldrums, no surprise there. I thought the mining production numbers might be a little better. What did you make of it? Um, yeah, well, we are certainly um, catching the, the entire wind of what's happening in the commodities market, as as everybody knows. But it still is the problem, and uh, and the problem being um, how much this lockdown and obviously also energy supply is affecting production itself and, and and even in manufacturing one one can see that but let's again grab what we can it's certainly um as well as in a better position than we would have thought six or even 12 months ago um but yeah market didn't really react to that whether it be um, equity or or on the currency side itself so um um yeah, I think I think it's the next six to twelve months that's going to be um, the determined factor, and mm-hmm. that will depend locally on whether we can actually keep on mining, considering the um, power crisis we're in, and obviously um, from the overseas side, whether this running commodities that we are seeing um, has the legs to continue at least again for the next six to twelve months. Greg, do you you think the commodities bull run that we've been on has legs to continue? I was chatting to Wayne McCurry on uh, Wednesday and he reckons there are signs that we've seen the top potentially of this particular cycle. Uh, I don't know if I agree with him fully if we're seeing some of the, the the economic data coming out of the developed world and the fact that in certain commodity categories you've got this big ESG tailwind behind them copper and and many other of those uh, minerals that are going to benefit from a move towards a more um, a, a carbon neutral energy system around the world where do you see us in the cycle well in the short term you could be proved to be correct because what we're seeing I don't know if you noticed today the U.S. 10-year Treasury dipping below 1.5 on a day of uh, of strong inflation data. So that's, you know, people probably saying, look, don't fight the Fed. And when they tell you it might be transitory, it might be, uh, that could be the the case. So I'm a very long-term bull on the commodity cycle. Um, But in the short term, uh, prices have run pretty hard and they might be due a breather, particularly during the Northern Hemisphere's summer. You see the base metals and that will, that will be needed, iron ore to create steel and copper for electric vehicles and 
for windmills and things like that. That is a long-term thing, but it's still within the infancy of that, and people are talking about it, but there's no global plan to say, look, this is the plan, we're going to run out of copper, um, you know, the demand for copper will exceed the supply, what are we doing now to put um, the policies in place? So, in the long term, I feel very, very bullish on commodities, but it's mm. very true that if you see um, that U.S. Treasury, it's a pretty good indicator, and it might indicate that commodities might move sideways. I don't see a big fall. This is not something like 2012 or 13, or certainly 2016 when um, Angles went to 50 rand. Uh, yeah. um, so, uh, but I think in the short term, long term, very bullish on commodities. But it's quite uh, possible that for the next few months, commodities will move sideways. The, the one thing mining companies are, if you look at the top 40, PwC released its uh, Mines 2021 report this week. And uh, mining companies around the world are awash with cash. The managers of these companies, Rick, is to bring you in, are making very prudent capital allocation decisions. They're, they're not basing their decisions based on current commodity prices and doing massive M&A transactions or, or investing in, in new greenfields projects at these levels. They're being very cautious, in fact, and that, that does tend to support a longer-term um, uh, upward swing in commodity prices because you're not going to be bringing new production on stream overnight. I mean, these are long lead-time projects. All of that seems to indicate that, uh, yes, breather, but but still on uh, the the long-term trajectory upwards. Where do you sit on the commodity scale? Uh, Sorry, I lost all that for me. Yes, Rickers? Uh, Sorry about that. Um, Yeah, I I agree with Greg, um, specifically um, in the longer term. um, We are seeing, specifically in the... um, um, in the greater economies, not only a, um, a rebound from the pandemic itself, but some real economic growth coming through. Um, and that's always good for commodities. So um, in that sense, um, the, as you've mentioned, as, uh, as far as the big mining companies are concerned, their capital allocation thus far has been pretty good. If, if I compare it to 2009, as you mentioned, there were mergers and acquisitions at, at, at extraordinary um, um, overvalued prices. So it all bodes well for a well-managed um, Greg, what did you make of TFG's results? Uh, the market seemed to like the forward-looking statement. Uh, it's going big on tech, doubling down, hiring a lot more um, people to help it with its uh, online strategy. Uh, what did you make of TFG? Well, I think uh, that's the, you hit the right uh, the nail on the head there when you mentioned the word forward, because if you look back over the full year, because only in the fourth quarter of their 21-year tax year that um, they showed any sign, but I mean, the UK business was hugely affected, um, Australia as well with the lockdowns, and South Africa makes up the um, the you know the bulk of their revenue. So um, you know after making something like a four four billion last year, having a loss of about seven hundred somewhere around there, um, you know it, it was a very tough year. But that's the whole thing. Unfortunately, well, fortunately with COVID, as we put it more and more, hopefully in the rearview mirror and look forward, there should be strong recoveries for these 
type of businesses and for um, you know Fashini as well because they've got some good businesses and then ultimately the jet acquisition will help as well but I thought under the circumstances they did well under an extremely tough year. Greg Kutzenallenburg and Senior Portfolio Manager at Salem Private Wealth and Rickers Reader, uh, Portfolio Manager at PSG Wealth with your market view. TFG amongst the uh, top five gainers on the day, up 2.5% and the market's certainly looking forward to better results in the future.